Al-Bayan Radio presents Tafsir Unlocked Presented by Sheikh Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh rahman rahim Inna alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'aghfiruhu Wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina Min sayyati amalina Man yahdihi allah fala mudillalah Wa man yudlil falan tajida lahu waliyan murshida Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa allah Al-Ahadu al-Qahhar Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون. Indeed, all praise and thanks belongs to Allah Taala alone. We seek His help, His assistance, and guidance in all things. He whom Allah Taala guides, there is none that can misguide him, and he whom Allah Taala leads astray, there is none that can guide him except through the will and permission of Allah Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Talib al-Hashimi al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa ahlil uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 36 in our reading of a tafsir. And today we take the 26th verse of the 26th verse of Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحِي أَنْ يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا مَّا بَعُوضَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَيَقُولُونَ مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا يضل به كثيرا ويهدي به كثيرا وما يضل به إلا الفاسقين. This verse it begins with a very specific way. Allah subhanahu wa taala He says inna, indeed. Now this is from the words that give certainty. The words that follow this is going to be. Truth, it's going to be upon conviction. So it means indeed, ver- verily or certainly, right? So these are words that show that what comes after is certain. And emphasis is given to the meaning. Now, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna, it takes a different meaning. When I say it, it's verily, indeed, certainly, right? But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna, this means that what comes after this is going to be complete truth. There's no element, no possibility of any doubt. What comes after inna is going to be extremely important because it is coming from the one who has complete knowledge. It is coming from Al-Alim. Right? It is coming from the one who created the heavens and the earth. So if he says inna, what comes after is complete truth with no level, no element of any falsehood. So over here, what comes after this, it's complete truth. Because it is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the highest point of truth, the highest form of certainty. And there is no doubt of that which is going to come next. There's no doubt in it. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says? He says, he says, inna Allah. Now Allah, what does Allah mean, ya ahl al-tawheed? What's, what's Allah, what does Allah mean? I wonder, anytime this comes up from now on, I'm going to ask you guys. 
Tawheed, you know, Quran, Sunnah. What's, what does Allah? Not you, not you, anyone but you. You, you study Arabic with me, not you. Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest, but who is the greatest? What does Allah mean? That, that, that's the one. See, he remembers from last class. Allah The deity worthy of worship in truth. Allah. Ilahun is a deity that's worshipped. But Allah is the deity that is worthy of worship. This is why when we say La ilaha illallah, we say there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Right? La ma'bud bihaqqin illallah. There is no deity that is worshipped in truth except Allah. So Allah, what does it mean? Come on, goldfish? One key, well, go on, just finish. It's like, at least a goldfish has like six seconds. You know what I mean? This was, this was three. Ma'assalama. Well, what's Allah? No, Allah itself, what does it mean? Allah <laughs> <laughs> La ilaha is there's no deity worthy of worship, right? But Allah is the deity worthy of worship in truth, okay? So that's why we say La ilaha, there's no deity worthy of worship, right? Now, that's, يعني, we've taken this before, alhamdulillah, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Allah Now over here, Allah does not, and then this word is used. لا يستحي, right? So what does this word mean? Now, generally this word means being shy. Being shy. Right? Allah is not shy. So, shyness, as mentioned in its general sense, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, is to turn away from something out of caution from falling into that which is untasteful. That which is qabih, that which is disgusting, that which is unpleasant. So when you're shy to do something or you shy away from something, it's so that you don't get caught out in something that's unpleasant. That's what shyness is, right? You don't want to be embarrassed, right? You don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to do something that's incorrect. That's what shyness generally is. So it's a state of caution from falling into that which is unpleasant. Now, this is impossible unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can never fall into anything that is unpleasant. Now, some of the scholars state that in this context, in this verse, it means that he is not afraid. Right? Allah is not afraid. La yakhsha. He is not afraid. Right? His shyness does not mean that he is afraid to do what comes next. Others have stated that in this context, it means to leave. So his shyness... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed is not shy to leave, right? Or his shyness does not prevent him from doing that which comes after this, right? لا يستحي Now, what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not shy to do? أن يضرب مثلا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not shy to give an example. He is not shy to give an example. So what Allah is not shy from, what he's not afraid to do, what his shyness does not prevent him from, is to give an example. And we took this word, what are the examples in the Quran? What are they called? Not you two, because you know what I mean, like first class excuse. But what's the examples called? We've taken this. Parables, right? Amthal, very good, Amthal, parables. And what is a parable? <laughs> Remember, we've taken this. It is a short example that is used to teach some truth, 
some principle, some lesson, right? The amthal are examples that are given in the Quran to teach you something, to teach you يعني, a lesson from it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives many amthal, many parables in the Quran, and these parables are clear to the human intellect to comprehend and for them to ponder over the message so that they can understand properly. However, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, he mentions that several parables, some of these parables, some of these examples, they have been used in the Qur'an which cannot be comprehended except by the people of knowledge. Right? It's not for everyone to understand, only the people of knowledge. Those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to understand, they will understand. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Ankabut verse 43, وَتِلْكَ الْأَمْثَالُ نَضْرِبُهَا لِلنَّاسِ وَمَا يَعْقِلُهَا إِلَّا الْعَالِمُونَ These are the parables that we have set forth to humanity. These are what we have given as examples. These are what we have given for you to ponder over. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, but none will understand them, none will comprehend them except the people of knowledge. So this is from the Qur'an. That some of these examples, they're not crystal clear for everyone to understand. And if you go in the Qur'an and you understand this, it means that insha'Allah you're from the people of knowledge. Because Allah says no one understands them except the people of knowledge. So if you have this understanding of these parables, these examples that are in the Qur'an, then insha'Allah, this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that insha'Allah you're from the people of understanding, the people of knowledge. Now, what is the example that Allah is not shy to give? مَا بَعُوضَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا The example of a mosquito or that which is even smaller than it. Now, what is the context of this? This doesn't make sense. Why is Allah randomly saying Allah is not shy to give an example of a mosquito or that which is smaller than it? Right? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. There needs to be a context that's here. Right? And... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse, it's like he needs to declare himself to not be shy to do this specific act. Now we have to go back to why. And to understand this, we need to look at two verses of the Quran. <coughs> One is in Surah Al-Hajj verse 73. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Ya O people, an example is presented so listen carefully to it. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لَنْ يَخْلُقُوا ذُبَابًا وَلَوْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, those who you beseech, those who you call unto other than Allah, they will not be able to create a fly. A fly. Even if they were all to gather together to make a fly. Even if they gathered together. To make this one thing, one fly, they would not be able to make it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues the verse, and if the people, if the fly should steal something from them, these, those who you call other than Allah, they won't be able to take away from what the fly has taken, right? You won't be able to get back what the fly has taken. So this is the first verse, that Allah gives an example of what? A creature, a small creature, something that's almost insignificant, to the human being, something that's annoying, you know what I mean? Like it flies everywhere these days. Now, what, are, what is it? A fly. And subhanAllah, the second verse that we need to look at is in Surah Al-Ankabut, verse 41. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, 
مثل الذين اتخذوا من دون الله أولياء كمثل العنكبوت كمثل العنكبوت اتخذت بيتا وإن أوهن البيوت لبيت العنكبوت لو كانوا يعلمون those, the example of the one who takes an ally besides Allah, other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is like what? The spider that takes a home. It's like a spider that takes a home. And indeed, the weakest of homes is the home of the spider. So now an ex- another example is given, right? Of what? A spider. Inshallah, we're going to get to what this means when we get to Surat Al-Ankabut. By this time, it looks like maybe 10 years from now. Now, uh, <laughs> now, subhanAllah, in this verse, something as beautiful is that يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He uses the bare minimum of something that's strong enough and secure enough to be called a home, which is the spider's web. But it is the weakest of the homes, which is the web of the spider. Subhanallah. Now, in this example, is the example of what? A spider. The one before this was what? A fly. Now, two specific, very small, insignificant creatures are given. Now, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he says that these verses were revealed, when they were revealed, the mushrikeen, they said, do you see that Allah mentions the fly and the spider in that which he revealed in the Quran onto Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Yani almost saying, what is he doing? Well, he's talking about spiders and flies? Right? What, what type of revelation is this? And subhanallah, there is, yani these creatures to them were not worthy of being mentioned by the creator himself, right? For them. It's like, this is insignificant. You shouldn't, it's not befitting that Allah says this. And subhanallah, there is another narration by Qatada, rahimahullah, and others, where when these, when these verses were revealed, the Jews, they started laughing. They started laughing. <laughs> and they're like, yani what they were basically saying is that this does not resemble the speech of Allah. This is not how Allah talks. This is not to talk about spiders and flies. This is not how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks. And they were laughing about this. So then, subhanAllah, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He revealed this verse. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحِي أَنْ يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا مَا بَعُوضَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا That Allah is not shy. His shyness does not take him away from giving an example. An example of what? A mosquito or something that is even smaller. Right? فَمَا فَوْقَهَا Now this is something that's very, يعني, uh, very interesting. يعني, the example of a mosquito, فَمَا فَوْقَهَا Now generally, فَوْق means that which is what? Above, that which is on top, right? So it means that which is larger. So the apparent meaning of this verse would be that Allah is not shy to give an example of a mosquito or that which is bigger than it. Or that which is bigger than it, right? What's bigger than a mosquito? A spider, right? And this was given by some of the scholars of tafsir. That it's upon its apparent meaning. That's something that's bigger than it. But many of the scholars of tafsir, they stated that this means that which is, that which is greater in its smallness. So like the mosquito, something as tiny as a mosquito, or something that is even smaller than a mosquito. Allah is not shy to give you something that is like a mosquito, an example, or something that is even larger in its small, larger in its what? Its smallness. So one of the examples is, for instance, يعني in Lugha, in, in Arabic language, if someone says, someone is a jahil, 
someone is ignorant, and this is mentioned in the books of tafsir, I'm just giving random examples, that like someone is a jahil, and then the response is, He's even more than that. What does that mean? He's even more than a jahil. He's, he's not just a jahil, he's even worse, right? Levels of ignorance. So, يعني, it means that it's even smaller in nature. And this is, Allahu Adam, what is more apparent, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. As for those who believe, they know that it is the truth from their Lord. They know that it is the truth from their Lord. What is the truth from their Lord? The Quran. One. The Jad, what did you say? The example. I'm thinking, what way did you go, bro? Imam al Qurtubi, rahimahullah, he says that the it over here goes back to the example. Right? That this example, not the whole Quran, obviously the whole Quran is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but specifically in this context over here, it goes back to the mathal, the example that is given. And haq, in essence, what is it? The opposite of falsehood. Haq, in its essence, is the opposite of falsehood, which means it's what? Truth. Now, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَيَقُولُونَ And as for those who disbelieve, they say, مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا They say, like this is a statement that they say in response to these examples. Right? This is what the disbelievers say. Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he said that he quotes some of the scholars who state that this was said by the disbelievers as a form of disproval. Right? As a form of disapproval. Similar to how you give a rhetorical question. يعني, a rhetorical question that may be asked. What's he doing? Right? What's he wearing? In a form of what? Disapproval. Right? You, you, give me one example. Like, what, a rhetorical question where you're like looking down almost at it. Like, what's he doing? What do you, like that, right? Like, it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's this form of disapproval, but it's a rhetorical question. So over here, they're saying, what does Allah intend with these examples? They're not actually asking for a response, but they're saying like these examples. Are, what? Why? What are they? What? Why? What? What reason? Right? It's a question that is what showing disapproval. It's showing that they have inkar, that they don't like these things, they don't understand it, and they see it as what being low. They they belittle it. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He gives the answer, and He says why He gives these. يعني, examples in the Quran is Through these examples, many are misguided from it. He misguides many because of this. From these examples, it misguides many. And <clears throat> who is misguided here? The mushrikeen, those who are kuffar, right? They already disbelieved in the examples of what? The fly and the spider, and then Allah gives another one, right? So they're going to be misguided through. These examples that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is given, is giving here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides many through it. So over here, many are guided by these examples because these examples that are given in the Quran, when someone ponders over them, the reality of the Quran comes true. That subhanAllah, this is true. Right? When you look at like the example that I gave about the what the fly. That if all of the gods, the idols themselves were together 
and try to make a fly, they would be unable to even if they all gathered for that one single purpose. So if they can't even make a fly, why are you worshipping them? Right? So over here, we are guided by this insha'Allah. This is a form of guidance for us. It's like, wow, that's, that's actually a good point. Right? No, genuinely. Right? It's such a good point. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses it for us to be what? Firm in our understanding. So that we can be guided by the message of the Qur'an. But for the kuffar, it's just going to push them further and further and further away from the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has that these people will not be guided. Right? يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala misguides many by it. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not misguide those except those who are corrupted. So over here, not everyone is يعني, misguided. Only those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that they are not befitting for guidance. Right? They are not suitable to be guided. Why? Because of that which they are upon and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that even if they were to live for their entire lives, even if they had every opportunity, these people would never be guided because they are corrupted. Now, misguidance, right? The essence linguistically of this is halak. Misguidance, ad-dalal. The essence of it is halak, which is destruction. Is destruction. And as for fisq, fisq, is corruption, its essence is to leave something. Is to leave something. This is in the linguistic forms. As for the Sharia, in the context of the Sharia, Imam Al Qurtubi rahimahullah he says, What is fisq? It is to leave off the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When someone leaves obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is fisq. This is fusuq, right? The plural of it. Now, subhanallah, it can be used, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah mentions, it can be used for two things. A person who leaves the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to go into what? Kufr, disbelief. This is a form of fisq. Or it can be meaning, and this is even scarier, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us, Ya Rabb. But it can take the meaning to describe the one who leaves the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to disobey him. So leaving off the obedience of Allah to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the scary part. So the fasiq is the one who leaves off the obeying of Allah, the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why he is called a corrupter, someone who corrupts. Because there cannot be anyone who is upon other than Allah except be corrupted. Right? Internally or externally. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rabb. Now, this is the gist of the verse, right? Is, يعني, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not shy to give the example of a mosquito or that which is even smaller than it. And as for those who, what? What's the next part? As for those who believe, right? Goldfish today, just subhanallah. They know that it's from Allah. As for the disbelievers, they say, what is going on? Right? Why is this even happening? Why is Allah giving us these examples? Allah guides many through it and He misguides many through it. And Allah only misguides those who are corruptors. Those who are corrupt. Now, a very important question comes after we've taken the verse. Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shy? Is Allah, yani do we say, is this from the names of Allah? Allah is the shy. 
do we say that Allah is the shy or not? This is a poll question, you know what I mean? Ya Ahl Tawheed. Do we say Allah is shy? You wanna, and he has to be on ilm. If you don't know, say I don't know. Don't say, no, 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 no. it doesn't sound right. You know what I mean? Like, who are you <laughs> at this point? Well, tell me, what's the, well, how do we know? <coughs> Allah is not trying to do something specific. So if you remove part of it, it means that there is some part of it that exists. Right? So from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Hayyu. Al-Hayyu. You don't hear that one in the nasheed. Right? Al-Hayyu. Right? Al-Hayyu is from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And subhanallah, this means the one who is shy. Sometimes they translate it as the one who is bashful. But it means shy. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is attributed with this attribute as being shy. This comes in many ahadith. Many ahadith. For instance, Allah is shy away to turn away from the slave who raises his hands in dua. Allah is shy from turning away from the one who raises his hands in dua. So over here we have where Allah has affirmed this. Nabi Sallallahu has affirmed this to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. <clears throat> and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for instance, He says uh, in Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 53, regarding something that's very interesting, regarding those companions who would sit with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after yani, their meal at night, and they would tawwil, they would stay there for a while. Right? Imagine kicking back with Muhammad sallallahu right? But He would be shy to what? Ask them to leave. Right? Khalas, you know what I mean? It's time for me to sleep, or it's time for me to get... To other things. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, إِنَّ ذَلِكُمْ كَانَ يُؤْذِ النَّبِيَّ فَيَسْتَحِي مِنْكُمْ Indeed, that which you used to do, right? It would harm the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but he would be shy from you. Right? He would be shy in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَاللَّهُ لَا يَسْتَحِي مِنَ الْحَقِّ but Allah is not shy from the truth. So over here, when you negate part of something, it means that there is another part that may be potentially there. Right? It's impossible to deny that he is not shy to tell the truth. But what is there's something else that's there. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not shy away from the truth. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Inna Allaha hayyun kareemun. Inna Allaha hayyun kareemun. Indeed, Allah is shy and generous. Allah is shy and generous. So over here, this is from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his characteristics, his noble divine quality is from shyness. But what does this mean? Shyness, Allah is shy. Now, the shyness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that he leaves off that which does not befit his mercy. That which does not befit his complete generosity. That which does not befit his complete forgiveness. That which does not befit his pardon. That which does not befit his softness with the believers. That which, يعني, subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like to expose his servant. If he did, we'd all be done for. Every single one of us. If Allah wanted to expose every one of us, we have enough for us, for no one to look at us till the rest of our lives. Right? For the rest of our lives. Wallahi. Right? But Allah, he chooses 
not to expose us because Allah does not like to expose the believers. He does not like to expose the believers. You use the blessings that Allah has given you. He gives you blessing after blessing. In your health, your eyesight, your wealth, everything you have is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-Razzaq. You use that against him to sin. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted, he could have taken you at that moment, at that time and exposed you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like that. He does not like that. And then on top of that, he loves to forgive you. So when you come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask him to forgive you, Allah is shy away from what? He's shy to turn you away. He's shy here to turn you away. You're coming back in tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to come back and he does not want you to go back empty-handed. Now subhanallah, the shyness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfection and complete. It is not like the shyness of the human being or the shyness of the creation. Whereas we shy away from sometimes doing that which is good. We shy away from doing sometimes that which is true. We shy away from doing something because we don't want to look at the, like the, the strict one or the religious one in the group. We don't want to look at, be looked at as the widow in the family. The one who's like, oh, I can't sit there because there's a woman there. Right? You don't want to look at, be looked at as being weird. Right? You don't want to wear proper Islamic clothing. You don't want to wear, you don't want to have a proper Islamic haircut. You don't want to be that, the one Muslim who practices. You're shy away, right? Over here, this is not good. This is not يعني, perfection. This is a sifa of what? Weakness, right? Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ليس كمثله شيء. There is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So his shyness is the perfect shyness. And from perfect shyness is sometimes you have to not be shy. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not shy from saying the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not shy from giving an example of that which he wants to give. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is shy. But from his shyness, sometimes these characteristics, if you're completely just one way, then this is not perfection. Right? If you're completely shy from doing that which is just, from doing that which is needed and necessary, then this is not from perfection. Whereas from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the meaning of perfection is attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The meaning of complete perfection is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from those who affirm this name to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the likes of Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, Shaykh al-Islam al-Taymiyyah rahimahullah makes mention of it, and other scholars like Imam al-Bayhaqi and others. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And with that we conclude this 26th verse of Surah Al-Baqarah. Next week we have a few verses that we have to take because they all relate to one another. So it's like a few verses that we are going, it's going, we have to. Don't worry, don't worry about how many, you're going to be here for a while. But we're going to pray Isha, you know what I mean? That's, that's what it is. InshaAllah. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa jazakum Allah khaira. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.